Mission Mindset Adventure is a three-day, high-energy, immersive experience designed specifically to help growth-minded leaders break through their limiting self-beliefs by embracing the uncomfortable. In prior events, we've climbed two 14,000-foot mountains in the Colorado Rockies. We've also hiked 20 grueling miles through the Grand Canyon in under 10 hours. This time, we're going to be trekking down a treacherous part of the Appalachian Trail all night in complete darkness. Why, you might ask? Because it has been proven over and over again that when you step way outside your comfort zone and push yourself way past your limits and face your fears head on, you awaken a giant within. This is the event that leaders come to to find their purpose. Warning, this event is for physically fit leaders who want more out of life and learn best by being emotionally and physically challenged. So be prepared to go deep and learn that you are capable of so much more in life than you ever thought you were. Interested? What are you waiting for? Join us. For more information on this life-changing event, visit our website, missionmindsetadventure.com. Again, that's missionmindsetadventure.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This week, we have uh, Anthony Trucks on the podcast. He played for the NFL, the Steelers, and the Redskins, and he he uh, did American Ninja Warrior and so many amazing things in his life. His story is incredible. We captured here on the podcast, and we get into this concept that he has devoted a ton of his life to, which is called the dark work. It's getting much deeper into how do you become that that unstoppable power in your life and how to do it. And, and he, he lays it out in such a simple pattern. So if that's something that will help you, uh, I suggest you keep listening because there's just so many nuggets dropped here. This man is full of wisdom and uh, he can definitely help you get to the next level so you can show up better for your family, for your business and for your life. So keep listening. Hello and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now. Let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. And today our guest is a former NFL athlete, American Ninja Warrior on NBC, uh, also an international speaker, host of the AWW Shift podcast, author of the book Identity Shift, and the founder of Identity Shift Coaching. Uh, He uses cutting edge research and science and psychology to upgrade how you operate so you can elevate your life and your business to reach your full potential. I'm super excited to talk to this guy. After being uh, given away into foster care at age three, three years old, then being adopted into an all-white family at 14, losing his NFL career to an injury, he learned how to shift at a very young age. And now his life mission is to teaching others how to do what they call what he's calling dark work and how to make shift happen in their lives. Anthony Trucks, welcome. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So yeah, I love to get deep into what you're working on. We do a lot of talking to amazing people like yourself about mindset and how, you know, my philosophy has always been that if you can manage and, and master the six inches of real estate between your ears, life is so much better, right? And you're a perfect example of that. So uh, I love to dive in and get into the, you know, what you're doing and how you're helping people. Let's start out a little bit 
before that, let's start back with childhood, what it was like growing up, you know, being adopted and, and, and growing up in a white family, and then all the incredible things you've done in your life. Like just take us on a quick journey through that so we can get into the deeper stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The quick journey, man. So I was yeah, giving away at three. Uh, I'm one of four and we were all given away. I was the oldest and, uh, and yeah, so at that age, I had a lot of craziness going on in life. Didn't really know how to navigate it. So I went through, I want to say 11 years in the system, uh, dealt with beating, starvation, torture, weird, heinous stuff by some bad people. Uh, one family I was spent the majority of my time with, which was eight years is a, an all white, very poor family. So I grew up in a interesting dynamic of not knowing where I fit. I went to school and had craziness at school because I didn't feel accepted at home. So I was acting out a lot. So I kind of had this weird situation there. Couldn't play sports. So I had no outlets. Eventually at 14, got adopted and I played football for the first time, was horrible at the game, found a way to navigate the, uh, the ups and downs of, of starting out at being horrible at something, but then leaning so far into it that you navigate how to become not just skillfully good at it, but have an identity attached to it in a sense of like, I, I have done the work to deserve what I want most out of this. And that progressed me to go through and uh, have a situation where I got a football scholarship to play football at the University of Oregon. I went up there on scholarship, met my dad my sophomore year, had my first son my sophomore year, uh, went through the you know the next four years of my college career, ups and downs. It's just the way it works. Uh, at the end of my college career, I was blessed to have an opportunity to play in the NFL. NFL stands for not for long. So in my third season, tore my shoulder, came home, lost my career, lost my sense of identity, had two more kids, uh, ended up divorced uh, with mother of my three kids and us just separate for like three years of crazy. It was a, it was a dark times for sure. And then uh, unfortunately lost my adoptive mom to a 17 year battle with multiple sclerosis. And it kind of woke my mind up to like, I got to do something because the life I'm living with the capabilities to be great is so far below my potential. It's disgusting. And so for me, it was this, uh, this kind of tuck back in to go, where can I do what I actually done multiple times before in high school football and college football, uh, but bring it to my life in a sense of what I call dark work. And I did that. And then three years later, remarried Max's wife, uh, have an amazing marriage, not perfect by any means, but it's, it's an awesome, solid marriage. I'm a present father, I have a successful business. I do some cool things in life. And so for me at this point, it's trying to come back to the world in a way that was not done for me and say, hey, there's things we all face. There's a lot that we're all navigating, but you cannot have a dream above your current identity. And so when we have aspirations and goals to have something be accomplished, if we don't identify with the actions that must be taken to have the dream, we don't get the dream. And so how do we elevate our identity? Actually, I call it shift it to be able to have those things be real in our lives. Dude, I absolutely love how you said that and you're spot on with that. You know, you'll never be more than you think you are, right? Especially in the identity part and people will die for who they think they are or yeah. who they want to be, right? It's, it's such a powerful thing, this thing called identity. But uh, that's like a major shift in your life as far as, you know, going kind of down, getting divorced. And then you said you remarried the, the, the same woman again? I did, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome, dude. So that's, that's interesting in itself. That could be a podcast on how you shift that much to go back into, you know, what, what seemed failed in the beginning and all of a sudden become something, you know, that uh, is, is not just salvageable, but can be incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting journey, man. It didn't happen yeah, easily, sure. but it's definitely happened. That's amazing. So take us down the, the path of the dark work. Tell us a little bit more about what dark work is, how you found it and, and how people can you know benefit from this type of, of working with their identity and really identifying things. Yeah. You know, I, I found for me that there's this, uh, there's a version of our identity that is, is very capable 
in fact, it shows up in what I call defining moments. And what it is, is I call it dominator's identity. And the dominator is, if you think about the word, the heavy part of it, it's like, I'm going to dominate, you know, this person, but it's not always that. Sometimes it's dominating your meditation routine. You know, yeah. I'm going to be in control of the situation. I'm, it's dominating the, the weaker party that doesn't want to get up and, and go get the workout in. Right. So mm-hmm. I need that to be your identity, but that's fueled by a mentality. And that mentality is I've done too much work in the dark to lose in the light. It's this, it's an instantaneous, almost instinctual flow. And so that's what I want people to have. I want you to show up to your life with that mentality, but it's not because you did one big thing. It's because you did many small things over time that were in the dark, meaning no one saw. Actually, most people didn't understand. It was ridiculed. It was made, you know, you were made fun of. It was, it was very hard to do. And like, oftentimes it becomes a stuff that just almost crushes your soul in the moments of it. But if you're the person that can stay in it and can do it, when you come out, you have so much of an investment bias, meaning you gave so much to this, there was no way you're settling for less than what you believe you deserve. And, and so I found this without even knowing I found it back when I was 15 years old. When I first played football, I was horrible at the game. Like I really was like bad. <laughs> so I would go in and I'd, you know, I couldn't catch footballs and I couldn't tackle. I was brand new to it. I was, you know, seven to eight years behind some of my peers. And so after a couple of years of trying, I go, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm not going to be good at this. And we all do that. We try something new, not very good at it. And we just pretty much chalk it up. We make a really good excuse to go and do something else, you know, to, to not have to mm-hmm. feel the emotional pain of what it's like to not be great at this thing. And so for me, I had this moment where I woke up and 15 years old in high school and go, I don't want this to be my life. I don't want to be a statistic of what foster care is. Meaning if you go to any prison in America, 75% of the inmates are former foster kids like me. Half our homeless population spend time in foster care. Less than 1% of us graduate from college. So I'm not set up to do very well. And so I had this mentality, like if I can do something, I'd be better, right? Because most people, they go back to my days and go, how'd you know that if you work real hard, you'd be great and get a college scholarship and play in the NFL. I go, oh, I didn't believe that. <laughs> in fact, mm-hmm. what I did have a belief in was if I did nothing, nothing changed. And yeah. that was kind of the catalyst to my move. And so what I did is I started doing things that were in line with the identity of the person who has what I wanted. They would lift weights. They would run routes. They'd catch footballs. I watched Jerry Rice do this. I go, well, I'm not Jerry Rice. I don't even identify with the actions he does, but if he does that, let me try more of that. And the first steps into it, actually feel like you're like out of your own skin. You know, it's not who you are to say that, do that, think that, speak to someone like that, connect like that, write that, whatever. It's just not who you are, but you do it for the first day. Do it the second day. People make fun of you. You get ridiculed. Why are you doing this? Yeah. But you keep doing it. The more you do it, the different kind of you feel. So for me, what I did is for football, I'd lift weights, run routes, throw a football in the air 500 times a day. When I showed up seven months later to the football field, I was an animal, man. It was this, this thought of like, I wasn't that much bigger, that much faster, that much stronger. I was a little bit better, right? I was still a little kid, I was 15, 16 years old. However, when I was in the football field and the ball was in the air, it was my football. It was me versus you. It was, it was me. It was my tackle, my touchdown. You didn't have the right to beat me. I already paid for this for the last seven months. I'm collecting my dues. Yeah. And that mentality drove me to have this competitive spirit for my goals, my aspirations, for my dreams. It wasn't about you as much. It was about me. And cause, cause I needed that personal pride. I built the personal pride. And so it was that, that dark work I did that allowed me to shine in the light. And so a lot of us don't realize like a lot of people are in the light, but some shine brighter. Some have this, this level they can go to that you can't touch. And it's not because they just desire it more. It's because there's part of them that goes, 
I've already paid for this. If you think about it, champions are not surprised when they win. Like I've never seen yeah. you know, the NBA title get won or a Super Bowl get won and someone go, I had no idea this was going to happen. You know, never. <laughs> it's never happened. And so the mentality exactly. happened, how do we get you to start stepping back and going, if I want that dominator's identity, who do I have to like look at myself and go, what, what are the identity traits I need to have in place? Trickle it back and go, what are the actions? What are the habits that will be really uncomfortable now? But if I do them yeah. for a long extended period of time, it becomes who I am to do them. And then I have that mentality and then I have the dream. Got it. I love that. I love it. It's so true. It's, it's like you almost have to start living that dream now, right? We have to you start off with the, the end in mind. Yeah. You have to live the action of the dream. It's, yeah. it's, it's really like a, it's, it's a falling in love with the process, Yeah, but it's not, it's not easy to fall in love with it. You know, it's, you have to actually desire the, I have a weird, uh, palpable connection to like difficult things mm-hmm. in a sense of, I hate that they're hard, but I love that I did them. And, and few people get that connection because it's hard and they just don't like to do the hard and their body gets, you know, you don't adapt to it. And what they, the thing is they are presently aware of what they don't have and how much they want, how, how little they have of it. And and I go, you're, you're focused on the wrong thing. You are so focused on the peak of the mountain. You haven't realized that you spend more time on the path. And so if you can look at the path and go, how do I love this part of it? Find nuances, find little shining sparkles of joy within the hardship you'll fall in love with that. And then eventually you keep taking steps in the path because you love the path. And sure enough, look at, I just arrived at a peak. If you can live life in that mentality, you'd find that you get way more joy than you thought possible. Absolutely. Holy crap. You couldn't have said it better. It's the journey, right? It's falling in love with the journey. And that is such a powerful part of all of this about life in general, right? That can be in sports, that can be in business. And you know, even when you're doing the reps in the, in the gym and you're just like, you're pounding at it and you're like, man, this sucks. You can feel all your muscles burning like crazy. You can either sit there and say, woe is me. I, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is painful. Or you can say, you know what? This is the reward for doing a hell of a good job. This is my reward. That pain is my reward and start yeah. to rewire that. And next thing you know, you, to your point, you become like yourself, an animal. You're like, nothing's going to stop me because the part that stops most is what I look forward to. Yeah. I agree, man. Yeah, you love the word you said, rewired. That is a big piece of yeah. it. There's, as the work I do, people go, okay, great idea. But then like, how do you do this? What does it look like? And yet your logic people, your data heads, we call them. And so I have to break things down for those who might be listening. And, and here's how I explain it. We all have this identity. And the way I explain the identity is it's who you are when you aren't thinking about who you are. You're just living your life, man. Most of us just do our thing. We just flow, right? But that flow is creating a life and it's it's wired neurologically and psychologically based on one thing, experience. If a dog comes in the room and me and you were in here and I got bit by a dog at some point and you didn't, well, you see a dog and go, oh, joyous, a dog. I see a dog and go, let me get out of this room. <laughs> you know, I'm wired differently from the same viewpoint yeah, yeah. because of a past experience. <clears throat> so for me, I look at it and go, okay, well, yeah. if I want to rewire the way that I process situations with problems or joy or optimism or whatever it is, it's got to be an experience. The problem is we are wired usually from experiences in two ways. One is on demand or when crap hits the fan. And for 99% of humanity, they wait till crap hits the fan. It's I'm against the wall. I I got two months. I got three days. I, I, my wife's going to leave me right now. Now you want to do something. Your back's against the wall. And then you start seeing what you're truly capable of. And that's how we usually elevate. So we're doing it as a lagging factor, not a leading factor. So for me, a lot of the work I look at is, well, how do I curate a very specific dark work experience for you? 
where I became, I, I become this person, I can architect the process and you do it to where you can in fact make it a leading factor. I want this. It takes this. So I must do this. Structure it, plan it. Let's go. Yeah. Right. And we do have things we do. Like when I want to get in shape, right. That's part of how I do it. But I don't think we always lean into like what's really going to be like or how to plan that properly. Cause even if you do go into a dark work experience that you've crafted, like a lot of it's just fly by night. It's just a, a hair on fire kind of thing. But if you do it intentionally, man, you can find that you can create so much more for life sheerly out of the fact that you have stepped into something intentionally with the right setup, the right process. And so now the life you want to live becomes vastly more probable to become the thing you're living. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I just, I'm loving everything here. This is you no know, success leaves clues, right? So if you look yeah. at people that are successful and you see what they're doing, just emulate that and you'll probably get something similar, maybe not the same, but something similar. Right. So yeah. I love that. in the fact that, so, so if I hear you correctly, you actually curate these, these, this dark work for people. You, so tell yeah. us a little bit more about what you actually do and what that process might look like for people yeah. who are curious. Definitely, man. There's three steps to it. It's uh, it's kind of, it's, here's the thing I'm going to say. It is simple, but not easy. Yep. It's the best way to explain it. It's simple, but not easy. The first step is what's called respect the light. And if you think about the light we're going to step into, right? There's a couple of things I have to look at. I got to respect, I, for the most part, three main pieces of it. I have to respect what that thing is, the vision of it. Meaning I got to actually clarify it. And to respect means to admire. I must admire this thing. If you look at something and go, I don't want to make a million dollars. You're never going to actually make a million dollars. Sorry, bud. <laughs> right? If you don't respect it or admire it in some manner, it doesn't mean yeah. you lust over it or you have this weird connection to it or it's like, you know, we're not talking about that, but have a respect for what it is. Admire it. It'd be nice to have that. Right. Or if you don't want the car or the relationship, ah, I'm not worried about women. You're not going to have a great relationship. I'm sorry. Cause you haven't taken it serious. So respect yeah. what it is. Admire what it is that you actually want. Own it. People might make fun of you. Cool. Let them make fun of you. It doesn't matter if it's what you want. It's your life. Go live your life. The next thing is to respect those who are in the light, shining the brightest. There are a lot of people who are in the light doing things. And we look at them and we try to, we, we don't like the feeling we have in comparison to them, to ourselves. And so we do is we diminish them. We make fun of them. We poke, we judge, we, we, we take it down. And when you do that, you then don't give yourself the ability to respect something in it, to take it a lesson from it, if it makes sense. Hold on. Mm -hmm. And so if I don't take a lesson from what this person has done, I don't get a chance to actually learn the actions and habits I should have in place to get that. And so there's people that succeed at things and other people come around and go, Oh, but that's just so-and-so. Oh, I knew like, I knew them when they were there, they're nobody. Like they, they used to be this, they used to be that. It's like, they're not that now. Look yeah. at who they are, respect who they are. Right. Yeah. Third thing is respect the light in a sense of your light and how you have to improve its brightness. Meaning what do you got to do? Most people don't like this, man. They, uh, they say, oh, I'm not perfect. But the moment you point something out, oh man, that ego goes up. They start to battle you. We talking about, you're just being mean and disrespectful. No, I'm not being mean. I'm being very honest. You just don't yeah. want to hear it, but it's the truth. And until you actually admit the truth or own it, you won't work on the thing that you specifically must work on to get what you want most. So where are your gaps? Where are your holes? Shine a light on them, pay attention to them. Now we can work on them, right? That's the first part of the whole process. Second part is, you got to do the dark work. There's a little flow of how I do this. It's actually pretty simple. First step is you have to design your dark. And what I mean by design your dark is I need you to actually think of if this is what I want, what are the actual things that I must do for my experience, right? What's unique to me? What's, is it, what's my morning routine? What's my evening routine? What process am I doing for work? What team am I going to build? Whatever your work is that that's again, behind the scenes and private to you, 
that no one is going to see but you, right? What you have to design that because if you don't, you can't stay disciplined to it. A lot of people go, all right, I know what I got to do. I know I respect the light. I'm doing my thing. I'm going to get this. I'm going to go after it. It's all emotion driven. And then what happens is they're disciplined to the emotion. Yeah. Well, if you're disciplined to the emotion, when the emotion changes, you get disciplined to the new emotion. Meaning if I feel motivated right now today, I'm going to get up and do my thing. I'm disciplined to that emotion, right? Well, if tomorrow my emotion goes, I don't want to do this. You're still disciplined to the emotion. Yeah. You don't do it. All yeah. of a sudden, a step doesn't get taken, not completed. You actually feel less than for not getting the thing done the way you promised yourself you would. So you don't take the actions. I'm not that good. It trickles in. However, if you have a plan in place, then it doesn't matter how you feel today. You stay disciplined to the plan. If you get up and feel like it, good, right? If you don't, sucks, but go do it, right? Yep, the idea yep. is that you're disciplined to a plan. So now if it says to do this on Monday morning at two o'clock in the afternoon, or whatever, two o'clock in the morning or five in the morning or eight in the morning, that's what I do at that time. Let's go. I don't want to do it. Don't care. Let's go. Right. So now I'm, yep. I have a plan to stay processed and, and actually stay disciplined to. The next thing is I must make a dark work declaration. There's an accountability piece that people don't take into account the way I believe they should, which is you need to enlist other humans to keep you on the track. There's going to be a day inevitably when you want to go off track and it's way easier to let yourself down in the dark than it is to have somebody else see you. So what I do is I I have people declare with a two-step piece. And this declaration gets read in the third step. But the first thing you're doing is crafting this with two things. One is going to be I'm crafting this to where I am able to read this at the end of my experience as if it's already been done. Mm. So I'm telling myself what I'm going to read out loud that I need to make sure I'm adhering to and integrous to when I do it. So in this path, this process, I got to tell myself, you know what, as I'm going through this, I'm going to be saying that I did this at some point. I probably should have this done to be an integrity, right? Right. It's future alignment. Mm -hmm. So I have this declaration. The second part is I'm then going to state what I will do. So I'm going to be reading later on. Here's what I did. Here's what I will do. I think people miss that. Here's what I will do part. So they get to the back end and go, cool, done. And they sit down and they hang out. And the next thing, six months later, they're back in the same place they were because they didn't have the second part of the declaration of here's what I will do. Yeah. So you go do that. You craft that specific things you should say and you craft, you know, craft that and re- release it all. And then third part of this actual, we'll call it the middle step, the, the final piece is you go dark, which means you just tuck away, man. You, you stop posting on social media every single five minutes. I don't care what your breakfast is. You don't do things and say, hey, look what I just did. You just do it for yeah. you. The reason is when you're doing things for the, other, for the praise of somebody else, maybe to prove them wrong or their praise, the moment they pull it away, you have no more fuel. Yeah. The goal is to have yourself fuel yourself. And also there's something called a mirror neuron. There's a lot of ways it shows up and works. And my workout shows up is based on like my ability to focus and stay dialed in. If I put you in a room and it's just you in the room, you could be efficient, productive, effective in what you're doing. However, if I put somebody else in a room, your brain starts trying to mirror, what are they thinking of me? Do I, am I clicking my teeth? Is the pen too loud? Am I dressed well? Do I stink? I'm now trying to think and mirror with them. So now I'm not as focused, productive, or effective, right? So what happens is you actually lose the ability to be great in the dark and focus and get great work done. So you can't develop the skill. You don't get the deposits. You don't get to build that mentality properly. You don't make, you don't make the investments. And so even a camera in the room watching you work, in fact, is actually a person your mind knows is going to watch later on. Hmm. So you got to just, you got to tuck away, man. Doesn't yeah. mean it's all day long. 
I'm not yeah. saying for like, I'm going to a cave and disappear. I'm saying if you're going to work <laughs> for three or four hours, yeah. tuck away for three or four hours, man, just do your thing away from the world. Now, the final step of this whole process, you got respect the light, do the dark work, last parts emerge. The emergence part is I'm going to exit my, we'll call it dark work experience, and I'm going to read the declaration. Big piece of it. I'm going to read my declaration, right? The reason I want you to read is because I want you to be able to have people celebrate you or let you know you didn't meet your, your level. It's an awareness piece and it may suck to read that you didn't do it, but now you're being real with who you are. You're not covering it up. You're not battling because we have cognitive dissonance. We know what's going on. You can't lie to yourself, right? It's just, it's, it's, you can't do it. So you're reading this and you say it out loud. So hopefully you did the things you feel proud of yourself. And the next thing you do is you must compete with conviction for what you want. Competing means I step into the arena to actually go to bat for what it is I want. If I went to a dark work experience of doing schoolwork to get a job, now I go get a job, right? Go, go on interviews, go do different stuff. If you were preparing your body for a marathon, cool, go do the marathon, right? Compete with conviction because you got to put yourself in the position to actually utilize what you just did. And if you don't, then it was all for naught. And it's weird. Like, and some people, they're, they're afraid of it. Some people will get to all the works done in the background, in the dark. Then it's time to go into the light. And they're like, I don't want to. No, you must go and compete with conviction for what you want. Yeah. The last piece of the whole thing, which I believe is where we talk about the, uh, where the mentality shows up and it's the defining moments. We're going to have, we're going to have a lot of defining moments. They're not as many as I think most of us think. They're going to be like the, the big calls, the big conversations, the big contracts, the big meetings, all these different things, right? They all trickle in, but there's going to be a moment in time when you are against the wall. And, and part of you goes, I don't know if I am that new person. I don't know if I am who I thought I am. I don't know if I did the right work. And all I say is draw on your darkness. D-O-Y-D. Draw on your dark. I want you to pause, throw the crappy idea out of your head. And I want you to recount in your head everything you did leading up to this. Yeah. I want you to think about the long days, the late nights, the early mornings, the relationships that were messed up, the arguments you had, the battling, the, the, the you know, non-confrontational situations, the confrontational situations. I want you to, to think about how you had people throw bricks at you and make fun of you and, and, and misunderstand you. Like think of all that stuff right now to where you go, this is the moment that I get to pull from all the things I did to dominate this situation. And if you can bring that greatness, sometimes for 20 minutes, man, five minutes, you just got to be great for sometimes minutes. It becomes a complete trajectory change for your entire life. You make that shift that leads you to a different path. When someone can go through this process and we've as humans done these things, it's just happened typically in small spurts of different things and unintentionally. But if you craft this the right way, you will change every part of your life in ways that, that a year from now you'll look back and go, I don't even recognize who I am from then to now. Wow, dude, just packed with power. I love it. I love the, the methodology involved and the, the pre-paving the concept of way ahead of time and saying, this is where I'm going to end up, right? We know our destination. Now let's become that person. And you are so right when it comes to doing the, the dark work, the work that nobody sees. So often today, people want to show every single time they go to the gym or they want to show everybody about what they're doing. And is it for them or for, you know, for the crowd or is it for them, right? Yeah, they go deep and say, nobody knows right now that I'm in pain and that's cool. Nobody knows that I'm suffering through this. Nobody knows that. And that's okay because this isn't about them. This is about my journey. And I love that you go, the whole concept is really cool. Thank you, man. Spend some time on it. A whole lot of time. I mean, 
the cool thing is I've recounted it from my life. I've studied other people's lives and yeah. I do do a lot of research, man. I want to make sure we actually have a whole team that's creating a dark work assessment, like a, a bunch of doctors, psychologists, and they're trying to figure something like, and we, we work through a lot of ideas, but I, I can't put something into the world that doesn't have like true valid science backing it, you know, yeah. tested yeah. responses and numbering, numbering the, you know, the, the metrics of the type of person that takes and what their thoughts are. Like we have a lot of work we're doing with it. However, the purpose is for me to try to find a way to bring our society back to a point. I don't know if back's the word, but to revisit a previous thought, which was it's awesome to do hard work. Yeah. It is a joy to do hard work. I think we've yeah, got to this perfect. point of society. We are appeasing the weaker part of us. You know, this yeah. thought, I mean, it's, it's tough, but you have conversations around like, Oh, if you want to be healthy and, and be in shape, you're fat phobic. I'm like, when did we decide that being healthy was a thing that, is, is making somebody else feel bad. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. the idea that like, you know, you, you shouldn't ever feel bad. I think there's a thought that I don't like is you should never feel judged, never feel unaccepted, never feel anything. And I go, why, why are we saying that? Cause the truth is maybe you, as you are, you are good enough for that thing. Maybe yeah. you don't deserve a trophy. Maybe you don't deserve to have the, the joy that somebody else earned, you know, like, and I think if we, if we, let people be okay with that. Then society feels crazy. Cause now what happens? I go, well, I shouldn't have that, but I, I should have that, but I don't have that. There must be something wrong with them. And I got to yeah. attack them. And why don't you give me the thing that I want? And it, it goes back in my mind to like this biblical story of Cain and Abel. And I'm a man of faith. This isn't like a biblical, you know, relate, religious kind of rant I'm going to give you, but it talks about in the Bible, you know, there's Cain and Abel and and God says, give me, you know, the best of all of you. And I'll, I'll give you my, my appreciation. My, you know, he'll pretty much give him like stamp approval. Like, thanks. Good job. Mm-hmm. And what happens is Cain doesn't want to give all. Now, Abel gives all. Abel gives everything and he gets God's love and appreciation, right? Cain gives what he wants to give, but he wants what Abel got. Mm-hmm. God goes, but you didn't give me all. You don't, you don't get all of that. It's like he, he gave me a hundred dollars for a hundred dollar t-shirt. You gave me 80. You don't get the hundred dollar t-shirt. Yeah. Well, Cain, as opposed to just going like, I got to level up, he goes and kills Abel. Figures, well, if I remove the competition, I'll look good. And it's like, that's not how it works, right? Yeah. So our yeah. world is like a lot of people going out trying to be Cain, as opposed to going, I'm going to give all. They go, I want all without giving all. And that's not how it works. And so I'm trying to get us to go back to the point of understanding that it's okay to actually be appreciative of hard work and to, to be told that you're not that great. So you can actually have a, a catalyst to get great. That's what I had. That's what all the the greatest people had. But when you rob people of that, I think you do. I think you, unfortunately, I think you start creating more depression, more sadness. I think you have more of these, you know, schools, situations that are going on. They're not that safe because a lot of kids are just getting for, forced into a life after this, this school that goes, you're all great and amazing. Everything's great. And then they get to the world. And the world goes, nah, it's not what it is. Yeah, <laughs> and they go, exactly. what do I do with this? You guys are so bad. And they, they get, they're angry at the world. It's because nobody earlier on told them the truth man, you couldn't have hit it better. You know, you, you've got to go through that dark part of life. You've got to go through the hard work. You've got to go through all of that. If you try to skip to the front of the line, it's not going to last long. And you're certainly not no. going to last long in the big world. To your point in school, everybody gets a participation trophy, but in life, that's not how it happens. You got to earn that shit, work. right? Yeah. You got to earn hundred percent. You got to get out there and you got to put the grind in and get it done. So mm-hmm. I'd love to go deeper into how you help your uh, your clients with discipline. I mean, discipline is a big problem, you know, to, to stay on the trail and to do the hard things when they don't want to. And I know we have a lot of business owners that listen here, small business owners, and you know, life is tough. 
especially yeah. running business and all that stuff or in sports and how do you help your your students and your 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 people get through that or at least develop that in order yeah. to be dangerous well one of the big pieces is trusting the plan first right so the plan's got to get created but some people don't trust the plan cuz one of two things. One, they're just, they're borrowing from somebody else. So they're grabbing somebody else's plan. Cause well, Bob said to do this, Bob did this. I'm gonna do what Bob did. Well, yeah. Bob's different than you, man. You know, if Bob is missing a left shoe and you're missing a right shoe, you shouldn't go get another left shoe. Cause Bob's missing a left shoe. You should get a right shoe because you need a right yeah. shoe. Mm-hmm. And so people go and borrow people's things. So they do this stuff. It doesn't actually pan out. So what they end up doing is going, I work so hard. I'm not getting the result. Well, yeah, you've given effort in the wrong direction. You're, you're, you're trying to, trying to put a mop in the ocean. It's not going to work. Right. So the idea is you got to figure out what your stuff is. So you can actually curate a plan that you can trust. And you look at this plan and go, I believe, I truly believe if I do this, it'll work out. Yeah. And then you have to have people you trust to help you create the plan. I mean, there's gotta be something. If someone has been down the pathway, mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, you shouldn't be telling people how to run the race until you've crossed the finish line. So there's gotta be things that you go into and go, okay, I can trust this. My son right now, he's running track at the university of Oregon. And he's, he's in a situation where if you, he does hurdles and there's two different types of steps. You can do an eight step hurdle lead up from the first, you know, the blocks of the first hurdle or a seven step. And he just finished his pac 12 championships. He got fourth and he's under 20. So he can do the U twenties. The coach wants to put him into a situation where he's going to go from an eight step to a seven step hmm. different man. He's been doing the same block starts for seven years. Now he's going to change it all up in four weeks. And I told him, I said, son, let me ask you, do you trust your coach? He goes, yeah, man, I fully trust this process and this path. I say, cool, if you trust him, here's what he's going to look like. It's not trusting right now when it's comfortable. It's trusting that when you get to the middle of this thing, the process of two weeks in, and you're still bumbling, stumbling, struggling, your mind can't go, this is never going to work. That's not true trust, right? And what happens is you now give half energy and half effort to prove your mind right of saying this is wrong. Yeah. So what you have to do is go into this with full trust. So a lot of business owners and leaders and executives that I coach, we go in and I go, look, we'll break this down. I need you to tell me based on my life and what I've told you, do you trust me to craft this plan for you? And I'll unpack They They ask me a ton of questions on my marriage, on my business, on my, my health. Like they want to know it all. Like here's a whole, here's all it is. It's everywhere here. Cause I need you to trust me when I want to push you later on. As we go into this, I can't have you second guessing. Cause yeah. if you do that, you're not going to give me the energy to get the outcome and you will make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you got to create a plan you can trust and have someone you can trust to create the plan. The next thing is you have to be very good at bearing your soul and the ego down, not for the world, but for someone you're in the dark with. Yeah. Meaning there's going to be times when you falter, you stumble, you fall. And if your ego gets so high, you won't admit you're struggling or admit that you've fallen, you'll never get back up. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be kneeling on the ground thinking, oh, I'm standing. You're not standing. You're just, you're hanging out down on the ground still. Yeah. And so because... There's going to be inevitable moments where it sucks and it's hard, right? And if, it, if you left to your, most people's own devices, they'll find really good excuses to admit why they're there and it's okay. But you have to be able to have somebody as an accountability person in your life that goes, no, it's not okay. You're not nothing wrong with you. You're not a horrible person. But this excuse you're giving me, it's not an acceptable one because if the excuse gets bigger than the dream, you're going to lose this dream. So you have to diminish these two. You have to diminish like one of them, right? It's going to usually be the excuse. Let's drop it down. I understand you and your wife are arguing. It doesn't mean you can go to, to work and do this at work, right? I understand that business is hard. It doesn't mean you can come and do this to your husband. Vice, whatever it is, right? It's, you got to be clear and okay. And they got to understand these things. And then what has to happen is when they get off track, not if, when. 
It's always a win, right? Mm-hmm. No one's perfect. That's the beauty of life. When you get off track, the goal is to not stay off track too long. You can't stay off track too long. If you stay off too long, you never get back on. You have to restart later on. So the idea is if I get off for like today, get back on tomorrow. It's easier when you have a plan, right? Yeah. So if you go off the track, it's like, what do I do? I'm so far. No, you're not. You're off by like three or four hours, Bob. Let's go back to work. <laughs> Let's just mm-hmm. get back on tomorrow. We can adjust some things. And so this all is done. It's all made possible by a lot of the planning and structure that I do too. I have a whole planner I created years ago and there's a really specific system of how I organize and systemize all parts of life into one planner to where you can show up to your day and just do your thing. I don't even know. I don't know what tomorrow it looks like right now. I don't know what after 12 o'clock looks like for me today. I looked at my first four hours. Like I know what it is. I live my life in a way where I've planned it properly. So I can just show up and be here with you present mental focus. I'm ready to rock. Right. But it allows me to be in a really good flow. And so I create that for my clients so that it's not thinking about the destination anymore. It's falling in love with doing the day. If I can do my day and kill the day and have my process in place, I'm good. And we use tools like planners and we have digital you know, planners and tools. We use we have habit tracking apps I've built. There's cool things woven into my entire system and process. But the reality is, is you just have to get into a rhythm. That's it. I want to create a new rhythm for you. I'm not worried about going big. I want you to go small in a really big way. And that's all a matter of setting structure, planning things out, and then let's get going. And we take a first step and we just go into the flow. The idea is to get you into a new rhythm. And the new rhythm will create that new outcome, which creates the new life you want to live later on. And at one point, this is what it looks like. You ever been to a coffee shop and like you had to do some work, but then you sit down and you find yourself 10 minutes into your time scrolling on your phone still? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Many times. I hate doing it, but I do it. What I found is it's kind of like this. In those situations... I have to stop, put the phone down and focus on work. And when I'm doing it, the first five to 10 minutes, my brain is still squirrely. It wants to look around and do things right. But at some point by that 15 minute mark, I float in and everything drowns out. And then I pop up two hours later and I killed it. Everything's done. I'm ahead of schedule. Right. And I go, where did the time go? And I I just, it just kind of, it melted away. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it is with identity work. <clears throat> when I'm doing the work I do, it's like the first couple of weeks are difficult and they're hard, but after a while settles in and they pop up 90 days later and go, Holy crap. Look, I've, I've lost 20, 30 pounds. My marriage is back better. My business is running smooth. I'm in joy. Like, man, I feel good. And it's like the time disappeared, but it's all because they settled into that flow and they got a new rhythm. And now what happens is they've elevated their identity to match the dream. Dude. Love it. So question for you is, uh, I mean, it sounds like what you're trying to do is break people's patterns. Would that be a correct assumption? Like people get into their patterns in life and they just say, this is who I am. This is how my father was. This is how my mother was like, this is how we do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you start to show them that that doesn't have to be that way. You know, that those yeah. patterns were created in some form and around an identity and that's can be shifted yeah. or adjusted or, you know, take the record off the record player and put a new one on. Right. Yeah, so all experience. It's all experiences. Exactly. So when you get into, you know, working with people like that, especially, I guess I'll just say, especially men, you know, becoming vulnerable and and opening up because we're told not to, right. We're told to be strong and, you know, it did, you go to a funeral, you don't cry. Like it's, it's always about that. So how do you help men get more, become more vulnerable and more honest with themselves? Not even with other people. I love the idea that you're connecting two people together at least, you know, so you have an accountability partner and someone you can, cause you need somebody you're darn right. You're going to go through days that are just flat out tough. 
yeah. you're going to bounce something off for your accountability partner. You know, I have a Bia Matthew and, and I bounce things off him all the time. And he's like, dude, that's not how, who you are. Yeah. Get your ass out there and get the yeah. thing done. And it's like, thank you. I needed that today. Right. And we do the same yeah. thing for each other. We love each other enough for that connection to be done. So how do you help men that are kind of islands in their own mind open yeah. up to this idea? Because so many no, are, are suffering needlessly. Yeah. You know what you do? Well, first off, you, you've, uh, it's not just a random person. Typically we have like a coach or like myself, if I'm coaching a one-on-one client, I become that. And the interesting thing is when someone, when, if you meet somebody publicly and I've done this, <clears throat> you can get somebody to a point of telling you things they've never told anybody else. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting how it works. You simply tell them things that no person would ever say out loud. Like you tell them like I had, you know, a situation in my marriage, my wife had an affair. At a battle, this whole conversation and the idea of the thoughts went through my head about her with somebody else and how the dynamic worked. And, and I've, you know, three years later, remarried this woman. There's a lot of stuff I went through and they hear that and they go, that's not something someone would say. They don't, they don't say it out loud, but they think in my head, like, no, no man ever says that. Right. Yeah. So what you've done is give them a space of, of being able to feel comfortable sharing something similar or at least relative to them. And then one thing has to take place in that first sharing moment, you have to properly receive that from them. What I mean by that is if a guy shares something in this private moment, man, that first instance and interaction is going to tell him about the next ones. And if he doesn't like this one, there will not be a next one. So if I hear that and I go, Oh, you're stupid, bro. Why would you do that? Done. I've lost it. I've lost the ability to have him open up. So my first thing is to hear it and go, man, I feel you. And then go, and if you can meet him there, go, I've been there too, man, I've done this, share another thing. And the more you do it, the more the guy goes, damn, like, this is, I've never had this. Someone I can, I can communicate with and talk to and share, right? <clears throat> the more you do it, the more it opens doors to where this person can flow because they're feeling somebody that's like also in the same, there's a connectedness, there's a, a, a relation that's, that's weirdly being built in this manner. And so if you do that, you get some a pocket. Now what happens is you tie into the space where it's the idea of seek first to be, to understand then be understood. Mm-hmm. Meaning if, if this person doesn't get that I get them, they won't listen to what I have to tell them to get better. So when I want to coach somebody or guide somebody, if I tell them what to do and they in their head go, but you don't even fully get me, they're not going to do it. So I'm sharing these things and opening up. We have a full, like deep conversation as a human. So when I say, Hey, Nick, here's the next step, what you got to do. Nick can process and go without even consciously doing it. Anthony's been in the situation I've been in. He gets me. He understands my situation. Okay. I'm going to do what he just said. Like that's how I can get people to move. If you don't do that, it's, it does you can't be like, well, because I did this and I'm great and I did this, I can, I can help you. Sounds good. I mean, it sounds real good, but if I still don't think you know me, I'm not, I'm not going to hear what you have to say. And so a lot of the stuff I do in the, like the dark work experience, there is a group stuff we've done, but a lot of it's like a one-on-one coach you work with. Cause we're talking about some deep stuff, at least from the intro portion of unpacking your next steps. We've got to have you do it a little bit privately so we can get you to open up in that aspect. Cause once we do get that done now, we're where you said I am breaking habits and breaking patterns. I don't know if it's the focus of breaking as opposed to building that happens to break. Right. So it's like the idea of if you tell that the brain don't think about eating ice cream, right? We are still thinking about eating ice cream as opposed to if I go, go eat a banana. Well, now I'm going to do this thing and I'm naturally not eating ice cream. Right. So opposed to saying, let's break your bad habits and break your routine. We're still thinking about the routines you don't want. We're going to create some new routines, create some new patterns, create some new, we're going to shift. We're going to create a whole new identity for you to step into, but I'm not worried about the one you already have. Cause in doing this, that naturally gets broken. Dude, I love that simplicity of that simple, but.
but not easy, right? <laughs> I love the the framework, dude. That's so great. So if if I was listening out there, how would I know that this that your program would be great for me? Like, who is your ideal client, and and who are you most uh, you know dangerous with? Oh man, here's the thing: the the person knows already. They're hearing this; they know already, right? And here's how you, I guess, you would know if you want to think about it and think deeper. I go ask yourself the last defining moments you step into. Did you have dog in you in that moment? I mean, like when it was you and the competition for like, I, I have different programs for people that, that I teach how to do what I do and speak and coach that business. And I know that I've built something so dialed in the dark work I've done where if my competitor stepped up, the dog would come out. Like, I don't care what you say. Here's how I know my stuff's fire, bro. I've gone through the trenches building this, the conversations, the clients, the results, the, the navigating of tech and so I've done these things. So if, I, if my competition in this industry steps up, I go, hey, I get that you're good, but wait a second. I got a bite for this. You know, like there's a part of me that'll come forward now. If I knew I hadn't done the work, if I knew I hadn't done things and they stepped up, I'd be a little timid. I'd shy away. And so if you want to know if this is for you, think about the air of your life that you have the most tension with or you desire to have the most success with if you were to be challenged in that area would there be dog in you and it would it be in all the areas you wanted to be in if it was somewhere somebody challenges your marriage could you say oh no i'm not talking about dog my marriage is fire it's locked in right health if someone came and goes oh you're not in that great shape man can i can i hop in and go no no i, I got a dog for this i've been getting down for the last 20 years like can you is there dog in you if you don't have that in the areas you wanted this is what you need to do Dude. So that's everyone that doesn't have a dog in them. Right. So that's an incredible yeah. way to say it. I mean, it's, especially as men, right. We sit here and say, all right, challenge me. And then we, that's really when you define whether you're prepared or not is when you're challenged. Again, and, yeah, uh, I agree. and that's, and all that prepared comes from the dark work. Cause when you've done that dark work, you've been in the trenches, you know what it is, your true essence shows and it not even shows other people. It it comes up in you and there's there's nothing that's going to stop you from completing or, or conquering that task. I but agree. if you're just trying to pose, trying to be an Instagram, Insta-famous kind of person, you know, yeah, I, I'm a weightlifter and you lift one weight or you look through the window of the gym, you know, that's your ability, right? So yeah. you're going to see that pretty quick. They're going to crumble fast. So that's- Yeah, it is. Yeah. It does. And that's why some, like yeah. everybody can step into the light, but some shine brighter. Yeah. And it's the deep work that it takes to, to do that ahead of time and to be prepared for, for that. It's amazing. Anthony, I could talk to you all day long about this. You're, you're an amazing human being and I love what you're doing for the world. And uh, sure. so if I'm listening and I don't have that dog or I want yeah. more dogs in my life, how do I find you? Where do I, where do I go? How do I engage what you're doing or at least find out some more information? Yeah. If you go to, I mean, just go to Instagram at Anthony trucks or go to Anthony uh, we have you know, finally finished all like the brand build out for dark work. We actually, we're already consulting and coaching. We've been doing it for a while. Actually have Amazon's a client of ours and a lot of people doing dark work experiences. But I found this, uh, I found out that in my mentality, old, like previous Anthony, we'll call it, he had an ability to, to get ideas and he would, he would mess them up because he took them to the market too fast and didn't give it the intentionality it needed. When this became the brand direction and we focused on it, we spent the better part of a year, if not more easily, refining the brand. What's the concept, the logic, putting people through these different processes, testing, refining it, building assessments, like doing the work. Uh, and so you, until August, 2023, I don't know when it's going to go live. August, 2023 is when it will like launch to the world. That's when you'll see this kind of un, like revealing of it to the world, but it still functions now. It's just not as forward, like facing the, the brand grand scale of the world at the moment. Cause I wanted to do it right. And it's dialed, it's done. 
And now it's just the last button up touches. So like we're finalizing some of the things for like the website will look like in pictures, you know, the simple stuff, the soft yeah. work. Yeah. We've done the dark work already. We're, we're in that process of right before we emerge. So good. So good. So guys out there listening, you know, if, if you're this really landing on your soul and you want more of that inner fire, I think this is your guy, right? Reach out, see what he's doing. I've seen some of his work on Instagram and all that stuff. He's, he's, uh, he's no bullshit. So, um, Anthony, any parting words or any words of wisdom you want to leave our listeners here before we wrap up? Oh man, it's always kind of cool parting words. There's one thing that my college coach gave to me as a simple message that has resonated with me deeply which I think ties to dark work, but he says it takes a little more to be a champion. And so for me in those moments when you're wondering if this is like going to be dark work, that's beneficial or just another like, you know, dot and you can kind of tie to it. The way I look at it is there are a lot of people that go into a gym. Two people can go into a gym. I can go to the gym with somebody else for an hour, but I will leave that gym better than you because I gave more in the hour. And the way that I gave more was I gave a, a, a little bit more, a little more to be a champion, which means when I saw you tired, I did that next rep when you wouldn't do it. Uh, when it was hold your abs for 30 seconds, I went for 31 seconds. The, the little things, they add, they add, because not only do I physically get better and emotionally get better and psychologically get better, I actually get this, this, that, that dog builds up in the way I want it to. And it's not in the comfortable moments. It's not until you are ready to stop and you don't want to give any more that you do a little bit more. And that little bit more is what makes you a champion. Man, I think we're going to end the episode right there, dude. That's <laughs> perfect. So, Anthony, I appreciate you coming on the, the podcast here. I've learned a lot. I hope the listeners have as well. And guys, reach out to Anthony. He's given you all the reasons to do it. And he's given you the uh, Instagram page and all that to take a look at as well. Take a look at this guy. Um, just focusing on that as he's talking about the identity and getting much more clarity around that and doing the hard work is going to change your life. There's no doubt. And this man actually has a process to get you there. So you don't got to go out there and try to figure it out on your own or keep your fingers crossed or watch what your neighbor's doing or your aunt's doing. You'll actually get a, a customized plan for yourself so you can go through this dark work and emerge the best version, you know, the, the, the version that God created in the beginning, the best version of you. So reach out to him. And Anthony, I couldn't be uh, more thrilled that you came on and have the privilege of talking to you. Thank you, sir. And uh, I wish you the very best. Thank you, man. You too. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>